You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. I wouldn't be surprised to see the gold price eventually correct that 1780, 1800 level. That wouldn't shock me because it went up so far, so fast. And, um, but I'm looking, I, I think the 1820, 1850 area needs to be tested here because it, because the gold price went, you know, went from 1700 to 1900 pretty quickly. So, um, that would be, that would be a healthy consolidation, which needs to happen before it continues to go higher. You never want to see something parabolic. I don't care what it is. Welcome back to Mining Stock Education. In today's show, we're going to be getting our monthly check-in with David Erfley from JuniorMinerJunkieWithAY.com. David, welcome back onto the show. You have been telling me and my audience for quite some time that we need to see $2,000 gold, that that needs to become the floor for us to really see these junior gold miners take off, or we need to see M&A heat up. Now we have Newmont making a big bid for Newcrest, so these multi-multi-billion dollar gold miners are trying to eat each other up. Is this the moment we've been waiting for? <laughs> well, it certainly helps, I'll tell you that. You know, after... After we had uh, Pan American and uh, Agnico Eagles boards and shareholders both approve the uh, Yamana deal where they're going to split up those assets, this is coming on the heels of that. And um, we definitely need to see more of this. Um, it certainly would be nice for someone to come in, like maybe Barrick, to come in and and uh, have have a, a sweetened offer for Newcrest. I know Barrick has operations in Papua New Guinea, just like uh, Newcrest does. Uh, but I think the synergies are more are, are more uh, in line with with Newmont because they're they're really kind of starting to concentrate on the Golden Triangle and Newcrest has picked up a, a few assets there. So I think the synergies fit Newmont better. But, you know, I mean, it would be, be great to see a, a bidding war because that that brings more interest into the sector. And, you know, the, the more M&As that happen, it brings more interest in, into the sector, bottom line. And this is what needs to happen. Um, this, you know, the, there's too many companies. They need to consolidate. The, uh, the majors need to get bigger. Um, a lot of these juniors, you know, that, that, that have uh, competitors in the same area, you know, they, they just need to put, this, you know, check their egos at the door and, and get together. And we, we definitely need to see more of this. So Newcrest has assets in uh, Canada, Australia, and as you mentioned, Papua New Guinea. Is there anything to be said about the sector getting bullish on Papua New Guinea as a result of this deal, or can we not in, uh, hmm. infer well, that? You know, there's not there's 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 not a lot of projects in Papua New Guinea. There's there, there's 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 se there's several that are that are very large systems, and an OK92 has one there. That that's a junior. Um, that, you know, that's, that is a very strong takeover candidate. You know, that's a turnaround asset that they got from Barrick and, um, really turned that thing around and it's making a lot of money. Even at, even at $1,700 gold, it was making a lot of money. So, yeah, I mean, um, you know, there's, there's jurisdiction, jurisdictional risk, even in top tier jurisdictions. Now it's all over the place. So, um, you know, but, uh, I think it's, it, it, it it's more, uh, positive for the sector based on the the uh the coming together of, of these companies you know just this just needs to happen um these these majors are too small for generalist investors to 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 invest in and they got to get bigger they've they've done one thing 
they've done a few things, uh, you know, in, in, the, in the right direction, positive direction is they've, they've strengthened their balance sheets and they're offering very attractive dividends now. That is starting to attract some in generalist investor interest, but there's not nearly as much as there was at the tail end of the last bull market and in 2011, 2012. That's when interest in this sector really uh, heated up and we had a lot of generalist interest and they just went away in 2013 and they've yet to return. So they've been gone for a decade and these companies need to do more and more to attract the, the generalist investor. You mentioned Yamana, and that is getting taken over by two companies, Pan American Silver and Nico Eagle. Uh, when you see, and, and they outbid Goldfields when Goldfields tried to uh, purchase uh, Yamana. Is there any significance of two companies outbidding one, or, or does it not matter? Obviously, it's the sector is less consolidated, right? If two companies consume one, but uh, any thoughts here you could share, Dave? This brings more attention. We need more attention brought to the sector because it's a forgotten sector. Nobody cares about gold. The longer gold stays below $2,000 an ounce in U.S. dollars, you know, the, the, the interest just isn't there yet. And um, the more headline news that's generate, generated around this sector, the better. Um, so if, if two companies want to come in and try to split up Newcrest and offer a better deal. I'm all for that. Just a, a bidding war of some sort is always good. Definitely. I've been interviewing Rick Rule, as you know, for six years. And Rick is always talking about the need for consolidation, lowering GNA, more efficiency. But he also always says that if these guys, namely the executives, can pay themselves a salary, they're less likely to consolidate. So he looks at the financing window. Do you do you see the financing window open for junior gold stocks right now? Or are they going to be forced to consolidate? Well, the window is open since the beginning of the year. You know, I've seen a, uh, quite a few positive financings, and I'm fortunate to be a shareholder and cover um, several of those stocks in my newsletter. And, and, and when I say attractive financings, I mean... A company like Vizsla Silver, which you've heard me talk about, you know that I that I visited the the project. I'm I'm a, I'm a shareholder. I covered the stock in my newsletter. This is a company that has yet to reach the PEA stage, and they just recently announced uh, a financing, a private placement, uh, 34 million private placement, immediately upsized to 39 million, and they didn't even have to offer a warrant. So when you have an earlier stage company that has, hasn't even reached the PEA st stage yet, be able to, to attract that kind of capital without offering a warrant, that's very bullish for the sector. I've, there's been several bot deal financings. There was another one announced, announced today. A Cisco announced a $75 million uh, dollar bot deal finance with no warrant. So um, you know, this is starting to happen. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's still difficult for a lot of these other companies, you know, these which, you know, a lot of these other lifestyle juniors, you know, that Rick was referring to um, that need to go away. But, you know, each time we have these capitulations in this sector, um, you know, the, the, the previous major capitulation was in in late 2015, you know, when we had a, a brutal bear market from from 2013 to 2015. And we were we were saying amongst ourselves that, hey, this is probably the uh, a great time for a lot of these companies to go away. And it just didn't happen. You know, they 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 wind up getting these, you know, leave the lights on financings. And they don't go away. And um, there have been several that have gone away this time. You know, there's been Pure Gold, uh, 
went by the wayside, uh, Great Panther, uh, a couple others, you know, um, uh, you were associated with one. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> Mention that and reminds you of that one. But, you know, this needs to happen. You know, these companies need to go away. And, um, you know, so on the one hand, you, you don't want the financing window to open up for these companies that don't deserve to be financed. Um, but, you know, once this sector gets hot, you know, and, and uh, everybody starts coming in, um, even the even the crappy companies attract capital. So that we're not we're not near that yet. So, um, but the, but the capital markets have improved considerably this year. So, if you have to hold a gold stock junior through a bear market, would you put more weight, Dave, in in your uh, uh, analysis of the company in the management team or in the asset? And the reason I ask this is because I've been reading online and I've seen a couple people say that if you have to have a gold junior gold stock through a bear market. It's better to have a good asset than a good management team. Your thoughts? Well, I think it's, I think I think they got that the other way wrong. I think it, like it should be the other way around. I mean, um, you know, that's the great thing about what's happening in the sector right now is we've got all this time to do the proper due diligence to talk to these companies, establishment, establish really good relationships with them. And now with Zoom, we can talk to them. We can call them up and say, you know, I want to I'd like to a Zoom catch up meeting, you know. And they've got the time. And for fortunately for a newsletter like myself, they they make the time, and I'm able to you know um, keep up these great relationships I have with these companies. So um, that is a huge benefit. And absolutely, I think the management team is still a number one key. You know, if they've got a track record of 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 going from discovery to development to a sale of a, of a project and made their, you know, made their shareholders, you know, you know, 15, 20, 30 times their money. And I'm holding a couple of, I'm holding a couple of companies that have done that in the past. And if uh, you've even done it for me in the past, and um, I feel more, I feel more comfortable holding the shares of, of these companies, you know, that's backfired on me. Also, you know, where, the, where I've had a management team that has made me a lot of money in the past, but one that they're currently associated with, with now has not done so well. And I've had, I was, I was forced to sell it for tax loss last year. That but but you're more reluctant to sell it, right, Dave? Because I'm more the, reluctant to sell it. And, yeah. that could be, and that could be a negative also. You know, you hold on a little longer. But th and this is why you never put too much money into one company. I mean, I really I stress that, you know. Um, of course, the more money you have, the more companies you're able to accumulate. Uh, but um, yeah, that's why I, I never I, I, I never uh, hold more than 25, 30 companies. Right now, I'm, I'm holding 23. You know, uh, I, I took I spent a lot of time, a lot of painstaking effort for myself and my subscribers, uh, as you know, um, painstakingly accumulating these things into the end of the of the of the uh, gold uh, seven-year gold cycle cycle low last year, I bought some ugly charts. I mean, these were these were some ugly charts, and there there was a lot of capitulation, bringing an incredible opportunity to to, to us in this sector. And um, sure enough, we had a fifty percent move from that low, and now we're starting to consolidate that low, which needs to happen. You know, this this consolidation needs to happen, especially in the gold price. It went up three hundred and fifty dollars in three months after going down. Four hundred dollars in over seven months. So you know this is a healthy consolidation. This needs to happen, and it's at eighteen sixty five ish. 
Uh, and you're thinking later this year, we'll get through 2000, if I recall correctly from our previous conversation. Well, right now it's trying to hold that uh, gold futures are trying to hold that uptrend line in 1875. I don't think it's going to, it's going to hold it because the shares have been telling us not only, the, not only the miners, but silver has been telling us ever since the, the, the second week of the year that a, that a consolidation, uh, a correction was coming. Sure enough, it, it, it happened last week in, in, a, in a big fashion. But um, if you want to talk about the gold price now, um, I'll, I'll segue into it. Gold price uh, last week did something very bullish that nobody's really talking about. Um, you know, all they're talking about is the hundred dollar reversal, which of course is something that made you know the the headline news in our sector when when gold ran up to nineteen seventy five, um, which was close to that strong resistance zone of two thousand to twenty one hundred, immediately reversed. And, and lost $100. But before it did that, it made a monthly close on Tuesday last week at 1945. So gold now is technically in a bull market because it went up over 20% on a monthly closing basis from its triple bottom monthly low at 1620. You have the equities, you know, the S&P 500 is still technically in a bear market. It went down 20% from January of 2021. So technically gold's in a bull market, U.S. equities are in a bear market, but you wouldn't be able to tell that by looking at gold miners right now, right? Because this goes back to the generalist investor still not in this sector. I mean, if you if you take a big picture look at the at gold stocks in relation to the gold price, they've been building a ten year base after after being shellacked from two thousand twelve. Is the generalist investor still isn't here? So the longer this base, this the longer this base forms, the stronger it gets. You know, the bigger the base, the higher in space, basically, is, is, is what happens. And this sector has been forgotten for quite a while, and nobody's really paying attention to it except for us here in the, that, 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 uh, that make our money in this sector. Uh, it's, it's, it's become very difficult to do so. But on the other hand, it's been easier to separate the wheat from the chaff. And... You know, for 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 me, it's it's been a it's been a great experience being able to accumulate such a large number of shares in in so many uh, you know high quality juniors that are de-risking high margin projects in good jurisdictions that I don't, I don't even need to mess with companies that are looking for gold. You know, I mean, just put those by the wayside. You know, cross those off your list. Why take a chance in these early stage companies that are that are discovery plays when you can. When you can when you can put your money into these juniors that have already found multi millions of ounces of gold and they're de-risking these projects, and and the ones that needed money recently have done so they they cashed up again, they've got plenty of cash to ride out this latest correction, and wait until the generalist investor to come into the sector, which they're going to eventually get here. We just don't know when. Dave, regarding the generalist investor, uh, in the last week and a half, as you know, we had AME Roundup, we had the Metals Investor Forum, we had the Vancouver Resource Investment Conference uh, in Vancouver. And some of the people that I know that were there, they said the spirit was really good, that there was good attendance, there was a lot of energy in the room. Uh, any intel that you can share from uh, your observations? Yes, or All the, the people that I spoke with said the same thing. And I said, well, there's no wonder why we have a correction then. Because if you know that... Your generals investor still hasn't hasn't come back into this sector. You know, it's just us trading amongst ourselves still. And you go to a conference like this and everybody's overly bullish. There's nobody left to buy, right? 
So, A, the gold price had gone up $350 in, in three months. B, it, was, it, it had been technically overbought for about a month. The silver price was, had been lagging the gold price for the past month. The miners also had been lagging the gold price for the past month after going up 50% in the same amount of time that, that gold went up $350. So, you know, danger, Will Robinson, you know, a correction is coming. So, um, you know, if you had the wherewithal not to chase stocks during that move, then you're doing really well. You know, um, if, if you accumulated into late last year and you're just waiting, then you're doing really well. But if you were, if you were chasing stocks during this latest move, which didn't have a lot of volume either, um, then you're hurting right now. So my intel from these conferences came to, from an investor. Did you talk to executives uh, or just in, investors or people in the industry, but non-executives to get your feedback? Uh, both. I've, I've spoke with a couple of CEOs. I've, I've spoke with a couple of, uh, of people that, that work in the sector. Um, not too many, uh, but they basically gave me the same intel, you know, that there was a lot of bullishness. People were, were very excited. Um, there wasn't a lot of companies as there usually was. I think there was, there was only about 300 companies this time. Uh, there, the, the aisles were, you know, there wasn't as many aisles. The mood was very bullish. So, do you think that's because they changed the way they communicate, you know, post COVID that mo more go virtual in terms of their communications or, or what would be, be behind that, Dave? I think, yeah. And I think just the, the lack of interest still in this sector. There's still, there's, there's, you know, I mean, we're just, you know, it's just us um, precious metals people, you know, junior resource uh, investors and people that are interested in this sector as a whole that are, that are trading in it right now. Um, you know, um, I've said this before and, you know, I, I, it's getting, it's getting old here and be safe, but until the gold price has a strong floor at $2,000, it's been, a, it's been a strong ceiling for over a decade. So until it has a, until the market is priced in a strong floor, you know, these stocks really aren't going to do much. Um, you're sure you're going to have a few that are going to bifurcate. A few of my companies have, have been bifurcating higher during this correction because they were sold down too low. You know, um, the, the value is still there. You still got plenty of time to accumulate. You know, you still still don't be chasing stocks and never be using margin in this in this sector. Um, so if, if, if you do that, you're fine. And, you know, if, and if you don't have the time to do the proper due diligence, that's when you, you know, you invest in a newsletter like mine, not just mine. There's several others out there that are, that are good as well. And Dave, your website is junior-minor-junkie-with-a-y.com. There's still room. You limit it to 500? Yes, correct. There's about, I have about 320 now. So yeah, there's plenty of room to come aboard. Yes. Okay. Um, and when you come on and you tell newsletter. me it's full, when it's all the way full, what, what, what does that mean for our listeners? <laughs> Oh, when it's all the way full, then it's about halfway uh, up the bull market or <laughs> it's getting very, it, it's getting very frothy. <laughs> <laughs> and I will definitely let you know, you know, as soon as it, it hits, it's, it's limited out before when I had a cap of 250, when there was really nobody in this sector. But, uh, once, once it, once it, once I reach that 500 level, I'll, I'll send out an email saying, you know, I've got a waiting list now. Uh, but, um, yeah, there's plenty of room now. And, um, as far as the mood is concerned, you know, um, the, uh, the mood is still very bullish within the sector. Um, you know, this correction was was being was was being telegraphed by several analysts who, who expected it to happen a lot sooner than it did. 
The gold price loves to confuse everybody. It always goes higher than people expect during bull uh, runs, and it always goes lower than people expect during corrections. So I wouldn't be surprised to see the gold price eventually correct at 1780, 1800 level. That wouldn't shock me because it went up so far, so fast. And um, But I'm looking, I, I think the 1820, 1850 area needs to be tested here because it because the gold price went you know, went from 1700 to 1900 pretty quickly. So um, that would be that would be a healthy consolidation, which needs to happen before it continues to go higher. You never want to see something go parabolic. I don't care what it is you invest in, uh, unless you're fully invested and it's and it's near the top of a cycle. Then you're like, hooray! I made a lot of money. I'm selling. <laughs> but we're nowhere near that now. I mean, um, just take a look at what happened the last time, the last three times gold bottomed at seven-year cycle lows in 2000, in 2001, in 2008, in 2015. We had huge moves after that took place, and we had capitulation going into each one of those moves. And we're on the upside, though. Even if your, your stock, some of them have moved 50%, right? If I uh... well, Some of them have doubled or tripled. You know, I'm not up that much because I was accumulating on the way down, right? Most of my stocks are still up. Some of them are still down. Some are down 20 30% still. But... Um, I mean, I'm not worried because I, I look at the gold price and I look at what they have in the ground. I look at what they're trading at per ounce in the ground. I look at the, I look at the, the, the management team that is that is de-risking this project that I'm very confident with. I'm looking at the fact that several of these companies raised money here recently. They didn't even have to. The money was offered. They took it. That's that's what you do in this sector. The money's offered. You take it. And especially if it's taken, if it's taken at attractive terms. And um, these companies that are de-risking high-margin projects that already have multi-million ounces in the ground, they're getting attractive terms. Excellent. Well, Dave, thanks for your insights this February. I'll be touching base with you either right before or right after PDAC. I look forward to it. Yes, I'm looking forward to going to PDAC for the first time in a few years. Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10-for-1 returns as there is in small-cap and micro-cap mining stocks. Concomitant with that, if you don't do the work, or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side, there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too. I just started to study up on mining stocks and I just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really, you could do really, really well or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly. The mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. Don't be overly confident. And just do your work as best you can. Do your very best. But don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited, and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents. But it requires commitment. 
This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on miningstockeducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.